all this stuff with your favorite content creators. Now, every podcast, sorry, I'm just making the, the world shake around me. Uh, every podcast, I'm joined by an awesome guest host. And today, I'm joined once again by the one and only Robin Gray. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? I am, I am, I'm exhausted. How are you? Yeah. It's been a long, hot day. Yes. It's a long, long, hot day. Yeah, it's, um, it, it was warm. It was like 28, 29 degrees in, in our money and that's 82, 84, 85 in, in US stuff. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been told it's going to be hotter tomorrow and yeah. uh, I'm dreading it because, I don't know, there's something about British heat that um, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Like uh, there's a lot of um, people from abroad that come here and they're like, oh, we live in hotter places all the time. But as soon as they come over here when it's hot, they're like, there's nothing like British yeah. heat. Like it just hits we, different. It hits it, different. It, it hits different. We don't have air conditioning and mm. our houses predominantly and buildings are predominantly designed to keep the heat in and to be insulating. Whereas exactly. buildings in warmer climes are painted white and are made out of concrete and so they're designed to keep the heat out sort of thing so it's we're in a position where we're not built for heat and unfortunately with the way that uh climate change and everything else is going at the moment then uh, we're, we're probably gonna have to start building for heat yes yes god all right and again very very anyway uh, uh... gaming podcast talking about uh heavy climate news <laughs> on a sunday <laughs> And the weather, only the uh, the most interesting topics on the gaming only podcast. Only the most, I mean, tune into two Brits talking about the weather. That's exactly what we talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so, um, how, how in general, what have you been up to this fine day? Um, yes, um, I have been out and about. I've been to see cinemas and we'll catch up with all that in a bit on the, oh, wow. uh, on the weekly recaps. But just a mm. quick reminder... Uh, for those of you joining us live, uh, you can interact with the podcast both here in Twitch chat and in a special special dedicated section over in the Gaming Magazine Discord. Uh, and of course, don't forget you can keep up with all the latest news and features from Gaming Magazine by visiting GamingMag.com. Yes, you can indeed. Now, it is DigiPride here across gaming. You can check everything we have coming up at GamingMag.com forward slash DigiPride, but it also means that we can welcome not just one, but two amazing guests on the podcast today absolutely it's my absolute pleasure to introduce our first guest uh from 2k uk it's elsa dan elsa dan hi, hi guys <laughs> how are you i'm uh yeah well I, like i just said i'm exhausted i walked i walked uh, we we're talking about this before the podcast but i walked 8.5 kilometers today um, after walking 10 kilometers yesterday and about eight kilometers the day before and doing squats for subs during streams. So I like this last <laughs> couple of days, I'm wiped. I'm absolutely wiped. But how are you today? I feel I feel like I should probably be walking more now. You've said that. I reckon I walked about two meters from my front door to the park and then back again today. So I've burned oh. about five calories. <laughs> I've got very burnt Let and I've burnt calories at the same time. So it's it's been good. <laughs> Well, it's fine. Five less than you had before. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anything is good. Like I, I just started being a lot more active recently, personally. But I'll get into that during like what I've been doing recently because everything has been revolving around that for me. So, uh, we, uh, we're going to talk about you and your 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 role at Two K, uh, one of DigiPride's sponsors. We're very excited to have you on board this year. Uh, so, 
tell us uh, what what is it that you do at 2K? Yeah, I mean, I think I have probably the world's longest job title at 2K. So <laughs> I am the director of Emir Sports and then also the marketing director for UK Island and Export. Um, and I'm also the co-lead for Together at 2K, which is obviously what we'll be talking about today, which is good. Mm. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Um, so jumping into that then. So obviously it was Pride in London uh, last weekend. Um, and obviously we just come off the back of Pride Month in the US. Um, what has 2K been doing for Pride this year? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a bit of a, a crazy month at, at 2K. We've been doing a lot and particularly globally as well, which has been really good to see because sometimes it's always just like one office or it's just Nevada or it's just London. Um, but in both Nevada and London, we had some pretty incredible celebrations towards the end of the month. So we had some amazing drag queens come into the office in London. I think we had a drag show in Nevada with some really local drag queens, which was great. Um, we had a lot of screens around our office. We started highlighting some really great kind of LGBTQ icons. We shared their stories, you know, the past kind of 50 years since, you know, the first prize that we had in London, there's been so much happening and there's still so many stories that we wanted to share. So we wanted to highlight them and, you know, educate people in the office around what pride is for and not just, you know, why suddenly all the bars are having rainbow drinks everywhere. Um, and we also had a really amazing thing where we gave $20 on our next level giving platform to every single employee. Um, and we sent them some really great local LGBTQ charities that they could donate it to. So, you know, when you think about 2K and, and how many employees we have, it's a, a pretty mm. large amount of money that we were amazing to give to some a really pretty amazing charities across London and in the US as well. Heck yeah, that's, that's absolutely awesome. wonderful. Yeah, like, yeah. it's always great to hear about uh, what companies are doing internally during Pride Month, because obviously for a lot of uh, corporations out there, their support of the uh, LGBTQI plus community during Pride Month goes as far as like just turning their their, their <laughs> logos rainbow. So it's really, really cool to hear about what you do uh, with uh, together at 2K. Um, that's the LGBTQI group within uh, the, the, the company. Um, when did that start and what kind of events and support does it provide your staff? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fairly new at 2K. So we started, I think, maybe just over a year and a half ago now, um, alongside a lot of other ERGs that we got off the ground at the same time. Um, but it's been pretty amazing to see how much we've grown in such a short space of time and to see what we have managed to achieve. And primarily, we're really just about providing that space for employees to come together and, you know, have that safe space to be able to talk and chat. Um, but we also have a, a pretty fantastic budget each year for Together as well that allows us to put on some some pretty amazing events. So we've done a lot of things like workshops focused around pronouns. So we rolled that out to the entire organization so everyone can feel comfortable with that conversation and learn about it and understand what they can be doing, you know, within their teams and within new people that are coming into the business. Um, and we had a lot of local talks from charities come in. So we tend to get a lot of um, either kind of local charities or local leaders in you know, relevant fields come in and actually talk about their experiences and talk about what it means to be you know, part of the LGBTQIA community and how it's affected them in their work and how they're continuing to push that from their side. Um, and we really try and create some great kind of volunteering opportunities as well for all of the offices globally, really. Um, and we get some some pretty good turnout. So each time we do that, I reckon we get about 30 to, to 40 people helping some of these charities and volunteering, whether that's just, you know, taking our games into some local community centers and getting people to kind of have a little bit of a competition, see who's best. It's never me. 
Um, but it's, it's always good fun to, to do that as well. So we tend to have a lot of events like that um, across our offices as well, which is great. That's amazing. I can't wait to uh, see more um, quarry playthroughs <laughs> at the uh, community events. The amount of like queer panic in general that that I had playing this game th this week was like just just amazing. Just like and the uh, inclusion of LGBTQIA plus characters there too. Very mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward. Looking forward to, to seeing what else uh, 2K does with that. Yeah, I mean, I've killed off pretty much every single character. I am really bad at the quarry. <laughs> I feel like I just panic <laughs> on the decisions. I never make the right one. And afterwards, I'm like, oh. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a great opportunity to play with a lot of friends. Um, and the inclusion mm -hmm. in that game, again, is, is just a, a really great thing. And it's small things that just you know really make the difference there. So it's a really good thing for us to be able to shout about. And I think as well, from a sort of personal point of view as well, it's, it's always good to have companies that kind of back up as Mia to, to Mia's point kind of backing up what they the values that they live also sort of being reflected in the games that they're making so obviously with 2k then across that crosses over into sort of my passion world which is like Borderlands Wonderlands etc being two of the most amazingly queer uh, representative games as well so it's when uh, when the quarry came out and we're super excited that we had to play that uh, or we were able to play that I should say and celebrate the multiplayer um on friday um with mia and uh, ready set ben and luke um to see more queer representation and stuff on that and from 2k was was absolutely fantastic that yeah mm. definitely mm. we have some pretty incredible executive support for our erg so you know they really help us champion all the causes that we care about within the organization too so they're definitely a huge help for us to be able to get a lot of our stuff off the ground mm -hmm. um that sort of brings me on to my next question actually so obviously pride month pride uh, pride weekend in london we're obviously the biggest champions of pride being uh year round 365 so we've kind of touched a little bit on obviously including sort of lgbt representation in game but is there anything else that 2k is particularly doing to really kind of mark and celebrate the lgbt community year round yeah definitely i mean it's i think it's important for everyone to make sure that we remember that pride is is fun and it's an incredible month and we want to be able to celebrate with you know all of our different companies and all of our different partners but you know fundamentally we need to celebrate pride all the time and particularly with employees we want to be able to celebrate them all the time as well and you know the big thing that we started together for is that a huge 2k company value and one that you'll see plastered across you know all of our websites any job application that you see open is we really want people to be able to come as you are, but together kind of takes that one step further. And we really want to make sure that throughout the entire year, regardless of what month we're in, we're not just getting people to come as they are, but to really be celebrated about who they are. And it's the small mm -hmm. things that allow us to do that. We've got employee highlights that go out throughout the entire year so that we can get people to talk about their stories and their careers and where they're coming from and what they've been doing um, and the planning team at Together does a really great job of making sure we have events throughout the year because we know we're going to have big events at Pride. We're going to be able to do some really amazing things, but Pride isn't the only big kind of moment, the only big yeah. date that we obviously have in our kind of LGBTQIA calendar. And we did some really amazing things in February around LGBTQ History Month, and we had some really amazing speakers come into the office. We had another event um, I think we did drag bingo, actually, which was one of the most attended events that we've ever had in the office. Um, there nice. was there was a lot of uh, fun things that we did there. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, not to cut you off there, but um, when you say drag bingo, 
is, are we talking just the announcers in drag or could everybody drag up for a drag bingo? I mean, anyone can drag any day at 2K if you want to, you know, there's there's okay, no limit cool, on that. Well, well. But we had we had the drag queens <laughs> come in. There were some spot prizes. We had things being thrown around. We had some performances. It was it was pretty yeah. incredible. Um, nice. And, you know, with History Month as well, we, we peppered in a few facts. If you got it right, you got a, you basically got something thrown at your head that you could keep. It was very fun. Um, but I think it's important <laughs> to, you know, remind everyone that, it's, it's not just that one month um, and it is kind of the whole mm. year. So it's good for us to kind of educate them on some of the other big moments that we have. Um, yeah. And definitely kind of the employee spotlight throughout the whole year helps as well. And all of the charity things that we do and the volunteering opportunities carry on throughout the entire year, which is great too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Definitely. I, like education is so important. I mean, like for me personally, like it was the longest time. I didn't even know what, what Stonewall was until like several years ago when I actually like sat down and looked into it. I knew it was this important thing, but I didn't know the actual like history of it mm. until again, uh, very recently. So having uh, these this kind of information actually being like distributed, not just to obviously like queer people, but like to everybody, like getting rid of that like layer of ignorance is so important. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for helping to make that a thing within the uh, company culture. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have a huge amount of allies at, at 2K as well. And I think fundamentally, they just want to learn about how to be better allies and, you know, things around our community and what we want to celebrate and how it's best to kind of, you know, make sure that we're being celebrated and, and what we need within the company as well. So the more education that we can do, the the better for everyone, really. Hi. And then you said that it's, um, that uh, Together was only like a year and a half old. Where do you sort of see the future being um, for that? Have you got any sort of exciting things coming up or is there any sort of future plans? Or Yeah, I mean, we've always got a lot of good things in the pipeline. I think we're not going to spoil it in case anyone from 2K, mm. you know, all the people that are kind of watching <laughs> this. Um, but we have a lot of things coming up and, you know, we're trying to grow every single month, every single year. I think we're one of the fastest growing ERGs in the company, which which is pretty incredible. When we first started, I think we had about five of us that were in the ERG for about two months and we were thinking, how are we going to get everything done here? And then suddenly a year later, we've got, you know, over 200 people. We're a pretty big part of the organization now. Um, So I think for us, it's more just about how do we continue doing that? How do we continue to make it more global? So how do we also bring some of our offices in, not just Mm. Novato and London, um, how do we mm. become a little bit more visible in our communities as well? So we obviously do a lot with charities. Is there more that we can be doing? Um, and 2K as a brand is really trying to talk to people, even not necessarily in our organization. So how do we make sure that everyone knows that we are an inclusive organization and we do really want to kind of champion that diversity that we've got coming in? And sometimes it's hard to, to get that across to people, you know, outside of the organization, even if we can feel it inside. So a lot of what we want to be mm. able to do is, is to do that as well. And fundamentally just, you know, get more fun stuff in the company too. We have uh, movie Fridays. So every Friday we have a, a movie playing in the office, which is obviously, you know, really good for work. Uh, but <laughs> we're trying to kind of make sure that even once a month or particularly during Pride Month, we've got some really great LGBTQ movies and we want to talk to people around them. And it's just a good thing to kind of get some of that culture into the office as well. And a lot of people really enjoy that, which is something we want to be able to continue doing too. I love like, it. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. I want to watch. I want to. I want to watch movies at work. <laughs> <laughs> sounds awesome. It's uh, it's research, you know. 
Yeah. Yes, it's 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 research, definitely. Yes, re- research. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what you've got coming up in the future. But uh, Elsa, thank you so much for joining us and, and talking to us about your your work and and life at 2K. It's been it's been great having yeah, you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been great talking to you guys. I've also realized that it's going very dark here as I've been talking yeah. to you. So now it looks <laughs> like I've been. We'll all right. You're descending into dark. Yeah. yeah, that's how I'm just going to fade out into the background. <laughs> <laughs> just go backwards. <laughs> fantastic right well hopefully we'll we'll hear from you and everything you do at 2k soon but uh yeah we'll see you next time perfect thanks Thanks, bye elsa what a lovely 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 oh my goodness love listening and amazing no 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 amazing that companies I, i love companies that step up and really kind of um own the space of kind of be, being proud and, and having those sort of things so have slapping a rainbow on a twitter slapping a oh we've made a donation to charity kind of thing great but mm. actually sort of like doing work internally demonstrating you know what yeah like the, that's probably the most important thing to me Charity's good but like getting down in the grit and uh and changing hearts and minds that's yep. mm, mm, and you can definitely. and then you can you can see how it trickles down into the games that are coming out uh, yeah, it's, my, it's my stock. It's, it's one of my stock phrases that a diverse company will make diverse games. So oh, yeah. you make it. You make a diverse company, and it will make diverse games. And we're seeing, yeah, that. of course. So, so you want those like lived experiences being like reflected in exactly. the art that we make, and the only way you do yeah. that is by putting them in charge. So yes, we're people in charge forever yeah. and always. Right. So uh, we get to have not just one but two amazing guests today. So please welcome our second guest. It's the wonderful Ash Kaprilov. I knew I'd mess it up. Ash Kaprilov. That was actually not too bad, you know. Hello, hello, everyone. How close was I? How close was I? How, how would you? How would you pronounce uh, well, it? You were definitely closer than my GP, who called me Capri Cuckoo once. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned NATO alphabet just so I could spell my last name on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing are you today, doing? Ash? Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. You know, I had uh, went on a cycling run yesterday for like 50 mm. kilometers or so. Uh, done nice. some cycling today as well. Um, done some DIY and now I'm here. So a bit hum- oh, yeah. humid in the air. I hate that. I can't even English because of it. Uh, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens. Like the humidity is like getting to me too. It's just like frizziness everywhere. It's 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 awful. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's so why I got short hair. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, I used to have short hair. Maybe I'll go back to that. Maybe I'll have short hair again in the future. That could be fun. Now uh, we always kick off things on the uh, podcast with the weekly recap, which we you know we talk about all the stuff that we've been doing recently. You know, video games. Um, comics stuff that we've been watching so um yeah so what have you been doing recently that's a good question i listen like specifically i've been i've been trying i've been trying to get out there and, and get healthier i i came to this stunning realization so my my sister um who was like trapped with me in this house for the majority of the pandemic uh left and left to go to japan and ever since then i was a little bit down i was a little bit depressed you know i was doom scrolling on twitter every day and i was just literally like lying in bed watching tiktoks and uh i randomly and i always thought you know i've got to i've got to start losing weight because i've got like public appearances and stuff i want to get healthy and you know not that there's anything wrong with being you know uh 
having a little bit of weight to you. I love that about some of my guys and some of my gals. But um, I wanted to like, you know, try and just cheer myself up and get healthier. And I randomly came across this TikTok, which was like, hey, you keep saying that you're going to exercise like next week. Just literally just do it tomorrow. Just go out for an hour a day. Just walk to get started. And uh, instead of just keep putting it off and putting it off and making these big plans about stuff, just do it. So I just started doing it. I started walking for at least an hour a day. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of taken over my life, unfortunately. Uh, I, I got myself one of the the uh, smartwatches to keep me accountable. Got one of those Galaxy watches um, so I could count like the distances and steps that I'm doing. I started playing Pokemon Go again, which I've got this uh, lovely little pin that came out. Uh, that's That's been my everything. And uh, I started doing these uh, virtual marathon things, which are actually really cool. They're called, like, I saw this was also an advertisement on TikTok that I saw. Um, <laughs> but it's called, like, the Conqueror Challenges. And what they have you do is that you can connect your, um, like, fitness apps to this app. And every day it will take the distances that you've walked and apply it to a virtual marathon. Okay. So actually... Hold that thought. Fill the the dead air space while I, I grab will. this thing real quick. I, I will fill with dead air. Um, <clears throat> I I love the idea of these kind of like new apps and these new ways of kind of getting and gamifying exercise. I think it's really clever yeah. uh, for someone who doesn't obviously do too much exercise. Oh, um, shut up. Uh, the, the the ability to sort of like get out there and actually do something while doing something else while doing something fun feels mm. like a, a good way of doing it. I'm I'm trying my best to multitask while I'm getting out there and getting healthy and, and you know actually be productive uh, in my life. And um, so I, I I ran one virtual marathon so far. Uh, this is uh, the English Channel medal which they sent me, Ooh. and essentially uh, I did 21 miles. I did it in like no time whatsoever because I had no concept of distance before I started <laughs> walking. And now I realize that 21 miles isn't that far. <laughs> so uh, I walked the width of the English Channel and it tracked it on the app and it would like send you postcards periodically about like information on the places. And now I'm climbing Mount Fuji, which is about 70 kilometers. And unfortunately, that's still too short as well. Uh, so I haven't learned my lesson, but the the, me the medal that they send you for that is is really, really cool. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just like pumped about getting out there and like exercising and, and trying to like do something to make myself a little bit happier and hold on to something to keep me accountable and, and yeah. make me you know, proud of myself and stuff, you know? No, no, totally. Uh, I Ash, you're, you're, a, um, you mentioned cycling a couple of times there, Ash, but you're, you're a very keen cyclist. Like what did you, what got you into that? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a very keen cyclist. Well, the, um, my main thing that got me into that was getting actually an e-bike which was a um, great presence from my Twitch audience who sponsored me for that. My mental health deteriorated during pandemic, like completely, uh, partially because of pandemic, partially because of the, um, my, my manager at the time at, at my previous workplace, uh, which was a local university where they celebrate diversity when in fact, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, particular disability diversity. So that kind of annoyed me. But then I was like, oh, maybe there is like some clubs I could join, you know, and just go somewhere on my, uh, with people. Because, you know, I started cycling after the, uh, my Twitch sub sponsored, uh, sponsored me to get, getting a bike and a motor. So I converted bike into, uh, into e-bike. 
Uh, I found one called Pride Out, which is um, a UK-wide LGBT-friendly kind of um, organization. Better than British Cycling, which has some problems with trans people, by the way. We hate them. So just so you know, unsubscribe right. from them if you can. Uh, I'll keep but that in mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that. There is a petition on Pride, Pride Out uh, website for that. So um, yeah, I started cycling and yeah, it kind of got me into like going to gym as well a bit more um, and, and do things. Uh, similarly, what Mia just said in terms of like, you know, getting accountable, uh, my workplace has this thing called um, Ride, Ride, Ride Out or something something like that. It's basically, it's UK-wide, many organizations kind of join it. Um, and uh, you can, every every now and then they have like bike months where each mile you cycle gets you a point. And then you have a chance where if you ha- when you have like an, those points is like your ticket to a raffle. Uh, and at the end of the oh, year, cool. yeah, you can win like 2,000 pounds worth bikes and oh. all that kind of stuff. So I won Amazing. a bag once. Uh, that's it. Even though I was like one of the top people in my workplace, which is annoying. But we'll see. There's one in September. So <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Like, um, I'm, I'm, again, I'm just like really happy to be working on myself for once and not just being sad all the time. Um, yep. Not that I was sad all the time before. It's just, in general. Um, but yeah, like, uh, the thing is, there's some really cool challenges that I've, got, that I've got on there too. They even have, um, Lord of the Rings themed ones. Uh, this isn't sponsored by the way. I know no, it's no, a bit no, weird. I was going to say, this is getting a bit, uh, this is getting a little bit too sponsory, but let, what, no, 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 no. I'm just, so, I'm just so excited are to be doing like it. Mordor or are you sort of like having That's to take... the thing. Yeah. They have like five different challenges from like the Shire. <laughs> it's the different parts of the journey and you can choose whether you want to do like a shorter version of it or do the actual distances that they're supposed to have traveled oh in the God. book, which is insane. But like, um, I think it was like thirty pound a time to do one of these marathons. But the the uh, the bundled version of the Lord of the Rings ones, because they're licensed, they end up being like forty five pound a time. You're essentially just paying for the medal and then wa- wa- walking to earn, or like exercising wow. to earn it, or traveling yeah. to earn it. But you know, it's something cool and it's unique, and and I wanted to do it. But alongside that, so I'm not bored while yeah. I'm doing it. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go, and. Yeah, I, I like it's been really fun so far. It's I've joined on the six year anniversary, so there's been a lot of events and a lot of stuff to keep me busy. I actually woke up, so I, I on on Friday night, I went to bed. Um, about uh, what time was it? No, 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 it was Thursday. Night. I went to bed about like three thirty a.m. in the morning on the Friday morning, and then I woke up uh three hours later at six thirty, and I was just wide awake. I was like okay, I'm just going to go out for a walk, I guess. I ended up, because there's an event going in Pokemon Go for like a Team Rocket uh, weekend or something. Um, I ended up walking, or maybe this was Saturday morning, considering it was only two days. Yeah, this was Saturday morning. Not that it matters. Um, I ended up walking from like 6.30 to about 1pm in the afternoon, just like walking around catching Pokemon all day. It was amazing and uh i got sunburnt too on my back so because i didn't wear any uh suntan lotion because i'm a dope i am wearing sun suntan lotion today though um when you're inside in the sun <laughs> yeah well yeah. i you know i'm I was, wearing I was, some right now I, I mean yes yes um 
when I'm inside and the sun has gone down, that's that's when I wear suntan lotion. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it's actually really cool. Like they've got there's so much more in the game because when it originally came out, there wasn't a lot there. It was just like yeah. going out capturing Pokemon. I don't think raids were even out yet, and my phone no, wasn't very mm, good at yeah. the time, uh, back in 2016. But now it's like there's so much content that you can get involved in. You can go and, and run around. You can collect things. You can catch Pokemon. You can now get shadow Pokemon. And there's a whole different like mechanism there where you go to different stops in battle like Team Rocket in order to get uh, unlock shadow Pokemon, which is really they cool. even added shinies uh, as well, which were not a thing. And, yeah, and I got two out, shinies yeah. in my first couple days walking around. Uh, like Within like two hours of each other, I got a shiny Aaron and a shiny Chansey. I'm like... <gasps> I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. This is amazing. And then I haven't gotten a, a shiny since. So, yeah. <laughs> no. That's uh, it's been depressing. But uh, yeah, yeah. I that literally, it's just it's just been me running around outside having a lot of fun. Other than that, um, I've been getting back into Hollow Knights. Uh, I played it for like a couple of hours, like several years ago at this point. I think back in 2017 and I just gave up on it. And now after like playing all the Dark Souls titles, playing like uh, Elden Ring and completing that, I'm like, I need a little bit of a challenge. I need something that's actually going to like hook me because there's nothing really out at the moment that's really hooking me. Um, other than the quarry, of course, which has been a lot of fun. But I've been like waiting for the Let's Go Gaming stream so I could actually play that. So in the meantime, I was doing Hollow Knight and it's really fun. It's really cool. It's like a Metroidvania title. I don't know if you've have you played it. I explain uh, what I'm it is. Okay, for those who haven't played it, Hollow Knight is a side-scrolling Metroidvania title. So it's kind of like your Castlevanias or your Metroid series. It's I would call it a combination in terms of gameplay of Metroid and Zelda 2 the side-scrolling Zelda 2 There's a lot of like mechanics which look like they were directly taken from um zelda 2 in terms of like it, it feels like it's a bit of a homage to those titles and uh people call it the dark souls of uh platformers because it's incredibly punishing but it's it's really fun you play as this little good uh, bug guy with a with a skull i've been having a lot of fun with it because it's been incredibly challenging but um it doesn't feel mean like dark souls does i guess and like it, everything that I've been doing, like it's the the patterns that the bosses and things have have been very, very easy to get down. It's just getting that timing right and like knowing when to heal and stuff like that. But it's um it is challenging though. It's definitely challenging. I I haven't played it. And I think the reason I haven't played it is because I know it's it's meant to be a bit tricky and a bit challenging mm. and this sort of stuff. And you know, you know, and everyone knows who's listening. My theories on my level of gaming is very casual, and I don't need to have, be sort of stressed out in my life. Um, so those sort of things never quite work with me. But uh, mm. yeah, it, it, what I love about it is it's super cute, and the art direction of it is is multi award winning, I believe, as well. So well done to them uh yes as someone just said in the chat actually the difficulty is softened by how cute it is um which it, i can I, I can get and i think it's probably a bit different to to some of the sort of like the as you say the dark souls or elden ring or something like that that's mm. just designed to frustrate you yeah no it's uh it's definitely a bit more forgiving you can equip different badges and things uh to help soften that experience too you have like slots for like modifiers on your abilities so for instance to beat the last boss i got like a, a spore badge which i found randomly in the environment because like secrets in the environment and collectibles and stuff that you can pick up too which is always fun um but i found this badge and you put it on and when you recover your health because there's a system where you have <clears throat> you have so many hits you can take from enemies and if you do get hit 
um, you have to expend this soul gauge in order to get your health back. And you get soul in this gauge by hitting enemies, essentially. Mm. So there's this constant um, push and pull of, of, you know, going to the enemies and like fighting them and then you get hit, but then you have to maybe hit them a couple more times to get your juice, your life juice back in order to <laughs> heal and then find that moment to heal too. So there's a lot of challenge in that. There's no like instant um, you can just like hit a button and then you get your health back. You have to literally like, stand in place and charge it up in order to do that, which is also part of the challenge too. You have to take a moment and make sure that you get your timing right. Um, in fact, like certain bosses, you can beat them up to a point where they'll like stop a second and catch their breath essentially. Um, Cause after you've beaten right. the snout of them and usually that's the time when you heal. But um, I have this badge, this spore badge that when you do heal, it releases a cloud of like poisonous spores and any enemy that like steps into that, area will like take um damage dot damage over time which helps in terms of the battle and it helped me beat the last boss that i was fighting because i was having a lot of trouble with it um and uh yeah so it, there is options there for people who do want to make it easier for yourself but it is incredibly tricky i think if you're a fan of this dark soul series you'll love it if you're not a fan of platformers you probably won't love it. If you're not a fan of Dark Souls, you probably won't love it. If you're not a fan of tricky stuff or challenges, you probably won't love it either. But um, I've been having a lot of fun with it so far. But um, I've also been watching Ms. Marvel. And I was gonna, I talked about this a little bit last week, but nobody else had watched it. So I'm really hoping that somebody has watched Ms. Marvel this week. Um, I've watched uh, the first three or four episodes. I think we it kind of dropped off our I hate you so much. I was really hoping. I was really hoping <laughs> that you would have watched all of it so um, I could actually I'm, talk okay. about it and how Free, it was I, I I haven't watched all of it because it's kind of just dropped off my radar just a little bit with everything else going on. Mm. To, to be to, to be frank, I I mean, it's kind of telling, isn't it, that you dropped off. I mean, that's literally <laughs> what I'm about to say. It got worse over oh. time. Yeah, there's still the finale that's coming up this Wednesday, but at at this point in the story, like every episode seemed to be worse than the last episode. Like uh, it starts obviously in Jersey and like everything there is really cool. Like the relationship she's got with like not only her faith, but her community mm. and the people around her and her school life. That's really interesting and cool. And then she uh, goes to, oh God, I can't remember what the uh, the, the, the place is called. Um, it begins with a K. I'll have to look it up, unfortunately. But she flies over to where her grandmother lives um um overseas and mm. then it's it gets very it gets very odd um it's really cool seeing like the culture and and, and stuff out there but it, it starts to become very very i don't know a little bit less believable like i really liked these interactions and just seeing her in this like scott pilgrim-esque yeah. kind of turning red-esque situation where she's a teenager teenager dealing with having superpowers and then it goes very over the top and it's like i don't know can i spoil things from ms marvel i don't know ash have you seen ms marvel no i actually haven't <laughs> are you interested in seeing ms marvel I'm not sure. Uh, it's not my kind of thing, the Marvel stuff. Um, but I mean, mm. I occasionally, I, I, I watch the films in the cinema um, once, and that's yeah. about it. <laughs> I'm the same with Star Wars, to be fair. Star Trek is not a beast. That's one I will watch. But yeah, I kind of, I'll watch them once, and then I kind of forget what what happened there, and I completely drift away. Uh, only the lost Mia. Seems. Oh, Mia's dropped off. Um, well, uh, yeah, so just, keep talking about Ms. Marvel. So I was, I remember I was watching it for the first four episodes 
Um, and to me, it, it kind of, I love the celebration of culture and everything else. Um, but I think it started to get a little bit too high school musical. Um, <laughs> and that's when I kind of just was a bit like, oh, because the, 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 the art style, the graphic style, the, the way they're building the sort of like titles and stuff onto the graphics in the background and all this sort of stuff was super clever. But then it just got a bit kind of like high school angst. And it just got a bit, oh, no, no, I'm starting to. But I I, well, I, I I, do feel like I need to finish it because I know that she has a really, really big role to play going mm-hmm. forward into the next sequels of uh, films and the next sequence of films and stuff. So I'm kind of like, oh, God, I'm going to have to get through that somewhere. But, I think you should finish it, honestly, because it kind of takes a very different direction. And maybe you'll like that different direction it takes um, yeah. away from the stuff that I really found interesting. And it's the interpersonal relationships that she has. Um, but it does have a lot to say about, again, it's very like turning red-esque. It has a lot to say about like um, uh, relationships with your parents and like motherhood mm. and, and basically family in general. And that's very, very, very cool to watch. But it has the same problem if, as every other Disney Plus, like Marvel. Well, any Disney Plus show out there. It's like you have a very strong opening, a very strong, yeah. like maybe the first episode. And then every episode after that just gets a little bit worse until there it culminates in a finale now the only one that hasn't gone down this route is like loki i really enjoyed loki i feel yes. like loki kind of maintained its quality yes. um dipped a little bit here and there like one episode which would basically just filler um but like it was really good it was like it was that's probably like the the best of the shows that and one division but even one division had these these problems as well where at yeah, the end it becomes this big so like <clears throat> superhero yeah. over the toppy thing and it's like i really love it when it's more of a character study and the fact that every single show has to end in these like big superhero moments even um um captain um sorry falcon and the winter soldier because mm. i don't know do spoilers but yeah falcon and the winter soldier was the same too where it just like lulled and got really dumb and boring. well i uh, we, we spoke about that when it first came out i have theories mm. about that with the, in the sense that i i think it was heavily impacted by the pandemic yeah um that they felt from the but get-go that there was something you say missing that. but but you say that but every other show has followed the same formula and it's oh, yeah, the yeah. same level oh, of writing quality. So maybe that's not it. Maybe no, Disney true. just can't write like long form series content in terms of Marvel Studios. Mm. So, I mean, clearly they well, can with some characters. Yeah, same with Star Wars. Like Obi-Wan had the exact same problem too. Like yeah. that got yeah. like very yeah. mundane. And the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett. The boring, most boring thing. I mean, to be fair. It's Mandalorian It is Mandalorian. I meant Book of Boba Fett, but you see what I did there. Um, but <laughs> exactly, yeah. That series never got started. <laughs> it didn't even, there, there wasn't like a high start. It just didn't start. No, no, it's just like, it the, like Boba Fett's doing some stuff on a, on a planet. You get some flashbacks episodes, yeah. and then, oh, here's, here's uh, Jin Darren, I believe his name is. Let's check in on his adventures Almost instead. Um, and it's like, oh God, listen, I, I just, I just, 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 just. I'm I'm fatigued with Star Wars though. Even after Obi Wan, it's like I'm I'm kind of done. Yeah, I'm kind of done for a while. Like I don't I'm not invested anymore. It's it's cool what they did at the end of that, like with um, uh, the Hayden Christensen and and how they they mixed audio and stuff mm. with with those scenes and that final battle was really cool. But you could tell that that was supposed to be a movie because it was yeah. originally going to be a movie and yeah. it feels like it was just like stretched out. Yeah, and it's like it would have worked a lot better as a movie. It would have, yeah. it would have. Yeah, there's, yeah there, there's quite a few bits where I just lost the plot slightly, and yeah, there's you always get those filler episodes. It's mm. really frustrating. 
Anyway, I've, I've taken us down a rabbit hole here. Robin, <laughs> what have you been up to Well, this, since the last time I saw you? As, I know Ash, as Ash mentioned Star Trek, let's do Star Trek. Um, let's do Star Trek. Oh. We in the UK have only just got Pla- uh, Paramount+. Plus. Um, and it slightly annoyed me that when we got onto Paramount Plus, they're still holding back all of the Star Trek series by a whole month. They didn't just go well, here, have all of what we have so far. Um, mm. They're still they're still making us be back behind by about a month. Anyway, Strange New Worlds is the best Star Trek to come out of Star Trek for a very 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 long time. That's my opinion, and that's what I'm sticking to. Okay, all right, cool, cool. Ash, it's, 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 Ash have you it... caught up with the Strange New Strange New Worlds? I've seen a few of them, haven't finished it yet. It's all right. I won't say it's bad or anything. I prefer, you know, the reason why I watch Star Trek, literally the whole reason is Seven of Nine, because I just associate oh, yeah. myself with that character on so many levels. It's just, yeah, I wanted to be uh, here when I was little. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I never seen the Voyager when I was like little. It's literally been like a few years ago when I first experienced it and like first like couple of seasons like yeah it's kind of all right and then seven of like this is that's it that's it i'm gonna watch it now properly <laughs> because in the past it was just like playing in the background and the card came out and i was absolutely happy with that um but this new one is okay um i'm enjoying it but yeah it's it's not not the same without seven of nine <laughs> i have one question yeah is it set in the jabram's universe no thank god Thank God. All right, cool. I might check it out then. I may check it out. It's also a really good one to check out because it's the first one of this new cycle of Star Trek. So you've got Discovery, Mm -hmm. you've got Picard, you've got... Lower Decks. uh, Lower Decks is fantastic. Lower Decks is amazing, actually, for paying off some really old... I love it so much. ...cheeky past references. That's actually, Mm -hmm. to be fair, is is ironically one of the best Star Treks. Um, This one is actually like Lower Decks. It's episode of the week. Um, which makes a real change because with Discovery and Picard and everything else that's been coming out of that wheelhouse for a while now, it's mm. always been these massive 10 episode arcs with, mm. and every single time with Discovery, it's kind of like they have this massive thing to deal with. And here comes a massive thing, another massive thing we've got to deal with. It's not like, and I just love, I actually love with Strange New Worlds, we just got past an episode where, uh spock and his wife uh they they have a body swap and it's like classic trek like it's complete wait wait spock and his wife is a set yes in the past or is he back from the dead again while what's going on no 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 no. okay this is set with captain pike in the in oh i know nothing about it okay so it's just after the second series of discovery where pike joins with discovery so pike in in ye olde star trek uh, Pike was the, the captain of the Enterprise before Kirk. Mm-hmm. And so the Enterprise the, um... was a thing. It was in the wheelchair, uh, all that sort of stuff. So they kind of just plucked that character. Um, he did an amazing job in season two of Discovery as the kind of standing captain. Um, and that kind of earned him a whole series, I think. Um, oh. But it's getting really, it's a lovely little payoffs, lovely little sort of classic things. Nice upgrade of tech. There's no kind of like big 60s kind of like clunky levers and stuff. Um, it's really, really good. And it's it's episode of the week. Um, you don't nice. have to kind of be too paranoid about the next massive thing See, to affect the universe. That is what I loved about Lower Decks. And it's also what I've been loving about, funnily enough, like Lower Decks is like the family guy of Star Trek, I guess. Yes. Um, maybe it was inspired by the show that I've been watching, uh, or- The Orville. Have you watched The Orville? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've really I've, I, a enjoyed The Orville. 
feel like i don't know it's like taking me back to it's basically just the slightly less serious star trek i guess like i don't know it's it, obviously it's not the same it's like it, it's definitely a star trek ripoff like everything in it is basically just a star trek ripoff but it's a star trek ripoff with pop culture references I... and like obviously um seth mcfarlane running around making but funny I, think, I think i think but i think that was my problem is that that's your problem my problem yeah, well, just just one of them um <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 my... how does that make you feel <laughs> tell me about your feel. The, the the problem there is is when i first watched it um i only got maybe three or four episodes in i just couldn't pick whether it was trying to be a comedy like is this a satire of star trek or is this a genuinely serious sci-fi show it flip-flops they, doesn't it they it's really hard to gauge the tone that's, that's it they could not pick a lane if if that had come Honestly, when it was announced and when it when they said that Seth MacFarlane was involved, um, knowing sitting there watching it, knowing that Seth MacFarlane was doing it, I was fully expecting this to be kind of like another take on Galaxy Quest. It was, which is, mm. is a stunning movie. Um, which is is kind of like it's going to be a beautiful Seth MacFarlane style satire of Star Trek. Marvelous! I could get well behind that. That'd be hilarious. In a sense of what Lower Decks is doing. But but then they started off doing that. Then they kind of seeked into some really serious acting about a really serious sci-fi thing. And then there was a fart joke. And then it went back to serious yeah. stuff again. And then there was a pop culture reference about Madonna or something. And it's just it's like... It's very weird. It's, it's almost we like doing? a workplace comedy. Uh, almost. Thing. But, it, but I, don't, yeah. I just don't understand it. <laughs> something that actually does it a lot better. And I don't want to like keep taking us down rabbit holes. But I watched our, since uh, um, Luke Boogie was talking about it on the last podcast... Our flag means death. And like Harley and Luke like raved about that. It's so good. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Well, you watch it. And in two weeks time, we're going to talk about it. Ash, All right. have, you, have you seen um, whatever that was? Our no. flag means death. Oh my God. Everybody needs to watch it. I'm just saying. Stop the, it's stop that, the podcast. That... Let, let's turn it into a watch along and just watch it. All right. Yeah. We're going to be, we're putting on our flag means death. It's Taika Waititi. And his other chum, whose name I forget from all the, you know, New Zealand stuff, uh, doing a pirate workplace comedy uh, with a lot of queerness in it. And so it's not queer baiting. So that's what we do in the shadows then. So what we do in the shadows mm. are the, the vampire one, um, which is amazing. Um, that was Taika Waititi and um, Julian, I forget the surname, um, the one from New Zealand, as you say. So it's interesting that it's the same people but doing the same thing but with pirates instead of vampires. <laughs> well, yeah, I I don't know how I felt. Like, um, that was, it was okay, um, what we do in the shadows, but Our Flag Means Death has been really, really fun. And I kind of, I, I really think it's worth a watch. Just okay. And it's gonna... definitely queer. It's not queer baiting. Let's Good. move on though, because I want to let Ash let's talk dig about what they've been hole. doing because i've been dominating conversation and i'm hyper aware of that so and I, and I need to talk about one more thing really quickly about what oh, i've actually been doing because this is me <laughs> this was my section and all i've managed to do so, so far is star trek and we didn't get, anyway um I've been i'm very pumped this week i'm sorry <laughs> it's a sneak don't mention a brand um i uh i've, I've been doing borderlands 2 having a rerun <gasps> of that with a new character um i've always played it with the Macromancer because i need a backup um, so I try with a new character. That's about it. Um, thank you to Kay. 
Uh, I went to go and see Thor Love and Thunder today, but it's way too early to actually actually talk about that because it's only been out for about 48 hours. you spoil hours. anything for me, uh, I will destroy you. Exactly. In so every I, I'm, way. I'm just going to move on apart from the fact it was kind of like a, a solid 7 or 8 out of 10. Okay. I don't think there's anything cool. particularly massively exciting, but it was a solid <laughs> film past the time. Um, and just we had a big week on gaming from um, some news we came out. So we we had two big reveals coming out on Thursday. We revealed that we were at the Commonwealth Games here in Birmingham uh, for eight for eighteen days, running our gaming arena. Um, so wow. if you're around, if you're in Birmingham, come and drop in, play some games, do some esports. I'll drop in. Um, see me there. I, wonderful. I'll, I'll there you there. go. Meet and greet with me about. Um, <laughs> and on August the first, as part of all that, we're doing an evening panel talk. Uh, with some wonderful queer esports people about uh, about improving in, um, representation in esports, um, and the other one is we just announced, and it's all going hell for leather. That next year, the twenty twenty three Gaming Awards is live on Broadway. Uh, we are off to New York City. We are hopping over the pond from London, uh, and we're going to a, a fantastic venue, a stone's throw away from Times Square, and that's in March. So just something to look forward to there. So that was oh, our big yeah. news that we had coming out this week, and that's all I've been up to. Ash. What have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, uh, not really much aside from like DIY stuff and sorting out my room a little bit. Although um, I am working on a project for quite quite a while now with a couple of friends where um, you probably noticed that I'm a big Tomb Raider fan. Just a little bit. Really? Um, I hadn't, I no, didn't occur right? to me. It's, it's I know, right? It's so oh, subtle. That's what that, uh, that is. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's Lara Croft wearing a T-Rex hat and, and cat ears. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm working on an animation, basically, that will transition, um, well, not transition, that will explain the um, events of what has happened to Lara. I only play the classic ones, by the way. I don't like the new ones. Um, just throwing out there. We'll get into <laughs> that in a bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, that in a bit. bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Um, so in the classic one, uh, because they made Tomb Raider 4, which is called The Last Relation, and um, then they had to make Chronicles, which is kind of set in the memories of her friends because she's presumed to be dead in the fourth one because developers were so sick of doing Tomb Raider games, they just decided to kill her off. Uh, but then there was Angel of Darkness because the publisher, Idus Interactive at the time, <laughs> was like, what did you do? Why did you kill her off? We, that's literally the only thing that makes money to us. So mm-hmm. they, had to, they were forced. But because Angel of Darkness was rushed, um, it was not explained how, what has happened to her. How did she survive the you know collapse in Tomb Raider 4 where she was buried under, underneath the pyramids? Uh, and there was always this, you know, what has happened there? They released a book, which is awful, uh, where um, it's clearly some someone's fanfic was just some authors thought, you know, I'll just put Lara Croft onto it and just publish it like that. Mm-hmm. Made no sense. Uh, but I worked with a writer for The Angel of Darkness. We're good friends. And um, he actually wrote a script where it explains what has happened. So I approached the voiceover of Lara uh, for The Angel of Darkness Chronicles and The Last Relations, Raider 4, Again, good friends with Janelle. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to pay you anything, uh, but can you just read the script as if it's Lara reading it? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. So she'd done that. And I'm working on animation, which will 
you know, show those events from her perspective, as if she's reading her diary kind of stuff. Oh, that's so awesome. All the beautiful pictures drawn by yeah. a fan as well. The music is written by the uh, talented Dean Copri, who's probably watching. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be great. But uh, at some point um, in October, I think it's 15th of October, it's going to be premiere, well, not premiere, I'm going to preview it as soon as it's ready. Uh, it's nearly ready. So that's what I was working on this week. Um, it will be premier. It will be shown on the big screen in Derby, the birthplace of Flora, on the fifteenth of October in a cinema called Quad. Uh, there's also going to be Q and A with um, uh, Janelle Elliott who voiced Lara. Uh, there's going to be some developer talk as well in there. So it's quite exciting times uh, to be there on the fifteenth. Oh, that's of October. awesome. So, yeah. That well, Dar- Derby's literally half out the road from where I live. So I mean, I've, you should I've, go. I've, you really should go. Yeah. 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 Uh, but awesome. be sure to get tickets as soon as possible because they actually selling out. I was actually surprised because they said they said to me a couple of weeks ago, "Oh, we, we sold out like half of them now." So oh, oh. no pressure. Well, where can, <laughs> okay, do, do the do, do the shout out. Where can we get tickets? I yeah. shall post the link in the chat in the moment. Excellent. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! Oh, that seems like that'll be uh, that'll be super fun to attend. Wait, where is Darby anyway, Robin? Hey, it's I, just, I it's, it's link deleted. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Put put in the private chat. I'll take care of that. Don't worry. Uh, right. right. Um, okay. Need to do it on this PC then. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Darby, no. Darby's just like north of us in Birmingham. So really, yeah. Okay. I don't. I listen. You can tell that I I didn't. Um, uh, it's uh, not a great uh, place to go. No, it's, it's, I used uh, to live near uh, there, and it's not. I wasn't a big um, uh, geography person <laughs> in school. I mean, uh, why would you know yeah. about Darby anyway? <laughs> yeah. why, why would you? Why would you? Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's there's a, good, a link in the good, chat. Good event, though. <laughs> grab, grab, a t- chat. grab a ticket if you're near Derby. If you're in America, then sorry. Oh, is no, there well, a, you can always be... fly. Well. Carbon footprint. Um, is there going to be, uh, or even losing baggage in, in massive queues at the moment? <laughs> is, there, is this going to be kind of broadcast on air at any point? Is there any way well, that people I can watch that? Well, I did offer them so that we could do that because they could actually sell tickets online as well because it's a charity cinema, so they rely on funds. Mm. So uh, n- don't think it will be, but um, I offered them to guide them through the the setup. So maybe. Uh, I know that lots of Americans are coming, like, and Chad Reed in the chat is coming over and going to meet him for the first time. My friend Tarana Tech, who is watching this, uh, will be filming it. We filmed the previous events, um, which also had some developers talking it. And yeah, so this time she will be filming because I'll be on stage. I will not be able to. So it will be filmed and you'll be able to watch it afterwards. But if you can make it, I say go for it because it's going to be amazing. It's going to be lots of fun. And the Angel Dark, it's celebration of the Angel of Darkness, which was last released British game for Tomb Raider before it was sent to America where they pissed it away into <laughs> mummy daddy story because, you know, it has to be relatable somehow. Uh, but yeah, it's great. Uh, and you get to meet uh, Janelle, who is, I think it's her first public events. Um, as a voiceover, Shelly, who did the voiceover for the first Tomb Raider games, uh, she actually was not aware people actually like her. I had to like message her agent many years ago, said, hi, can I have an interview? She's like, oh, people still remember me. I'm like, yeah. So she registered on Twitter. She's like, oh, I didn't know. So now she does comic cons every now and then. So hopefully Aww. Janelle will start doing that as well. Yeah, it's so cute. Like she's so it hilarious, Shelly. 
You should watch. Awesome. I did the interview with them, uh, with them too. Uh, Shelly got a little bit pissed, I think, mm. but it was literally, uh. it felt like, uh, you know, morning mimosa in American Dads. Uh, it literally felt like we three, like middle aged women, completely pissed, <laughs> and we have an interview. I, like, I don't drink, but that's what it felt like. If you, if you want to check my YouTube channel for that, it was so fun for three hours we spoke. So yeah, it will be a great event. It will be, um, I definitely recommend it. It's, it's a it's a third event that they do Tomb Raider wise in game uh, in the in Derby Quad. The first one was Tomb Raider twenty, um, which I also went to. Um, but I I actually had my own event just before that, which was Grande in Manchester on the Play Expo. We had like big ass stage in there and stuff like that. So for me, it felt a bit un, I felt a bit like under under impressed because you know I I was just involved in this big thing that I made it, and then you go into a small cinema in Derby. I, um yeah but then we went we, the last one we went yes uh, last year again in october for to may 25 i actually really enjoyed it um didn't thought i would but i did and this time it's celebration of the angel of darkness which is controversial because you know it was not finished game and it had a bad press and because it's of, of all the bugs it's 2003 we're talking you could not download the patch from steam you know so mm. uh but the great, sto- great story, amazing music, um, and yeah, it has its own fan base kind of thing. I imagine that's going to like bring uh, closure to a lot of people as well around uh, narrative. Yeah, what's, what's supposed yeah. To happen. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's the film that, that the animation that I'm doing should do that because it will be oh, canon sorry. explanation. Yeah. yeah, but the whole thing though the. Because it's solely focused on the age of darkness. Um, my friend Peter, who did the music for those last three games, we actually mm. worked on a music album a couple of years ago called To Made Dark Engine Symphony. Plugging it in, you can stream it on Spotify and whatever. Um, or you can get the vinyl CD sold out. <laughs> Vinyls are on, available on eBay. Uh, you can probably see it somewhere there. Uh, there's a gold CD there. So what we've done, we raised funds through Kickstarter to sponsor it. And we had... Um, Hans Zimmer's musicians involved to perform the music. Um, and the arranger was um, Richard Niles, who was like Pet Shop Boys guy, you know, Madonna, Kalimino, that kind of stuff. So he's a big name. But we also had uh, um, Tina Kuo, from, uh, who did the music for Batman vs. Superman, you know, the, the sexy cello mm. woman. That's her. She, yeah. We had her solo. And we had Julia Elvin to sing. Um, you will know Julian from the vocals in the Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, that powerful vocal so mm. it was incredible to do all that um yeah and but finally with my, my best moment which you know gay people in this chat would appreciate we had pete hammond remixing one of the tracks and you're not pete, pete hammond if you're a big kali minogue fan so uh it was a big thing and we'll have some presence there too because peter's coming over hopefully i'll have a backdrop which we bought for interviews which we never ended up well we used it but when we probably will release the interview at some point, actually, because we, we didn't really make documentary in full afterwards. Uh, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it will be a big celebration of the game that never really was released in its full potential. It was supposed to be a trilogy, but then they cancelled it all, um, which was quite a downer. Although, mm. I, on top of everything, I will also um, be talking about the preservation of games uh on that talk because um during my work as a Tomb Raider blogger I actually discovered I was sent anonymously 
uh, an unfinished build of the last Tomb Raider game that they were working on before, just before they were sacked completely. It was like a remake of the um, of the first um, of the first game, you know, called Tomb Raider Anniversary mm, cool. Edition. Yeah, but then yeah, yeah. Crystal yeah. Dynamics stepped in and said, "No, we're going to make our own called Tomb Raider Anniversary." So they yeah. were basically sold to Rebellion at the time. And people seen trailers of it and screenshots and stuff like that. So everyone kind of dreamed to play it because it looked great. It's from the original developer. Mm. Um, and then about 15 years afterwards, I received this anonymously and I asked Crystal Dynamics because, you know, we, we have the, if you run a blog, you can join their community program, if you will. Uh, and um, so I messaged them saying, can I release this? Because legal stuff and i never got the response which annoyed me because every now and then they will respond to everything except for that for some reason so i went to like various museums you know and like you know the uk gaming gaming museum and the american museums as well I said look i have this will you publish it like well we do need permission so we're gonna send them a letter and ask for that permission got no response which was Ooh. like you know so disgusting you know i was so pissed off by that so what i've done is it was december 31st uh December 31st, I can't remember the year, now, 2019, I woke up with massive anxiety. Uh, I was having a like, breakdown because of my work. I hated my job at the time. I went on a long cycle. It was snowing as anything. Went to Bolton, which was covered in horse everywhere, which was really weird. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'll come back. That's and, just Bolton. You know That's just Bolton. Yeah, yeah. Typical day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it always must there as well. Uh, so I went there and I came back and I asked, you know what? It's 31st of December. Lawyers will be off until January 4th at least. So I went live on Twitch at 8 p.m. just before New Year's Day. And I said, hi guys, if you go on the website right now, I uploaded the build there. Please download it before it's taken down. So I uploaded it into archive.org and everything. Um, I immediately received an email from Crystal Dynamics at 5th of January saying, well, we would appreciate if you would ask us first. I'm like, I did three times. Yeah. Uh, but, I have receipts. Here are the yeah, receipts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they were like, "Well, it's it's good. If you need any help, I'm like, yes, could you promote it?" And yeah, nothing was done. Uh, and then uh, then it was pulled away. Like from uh, we got co- we got a copyright strike on archive.org by bots. They because you know have Yuki. <sighs> um, yeah, but I went to like Square Enix here. I said, "Look, do, do you really want to piss off fans because they really enjoy this?" Oh, they're like, oh no, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna fix this. Don't worry, it's a mistake. It's a bot doing that. So, Square Enix Europe, which was fantastic. Ed, shout out to you for helping that. He doesn't work there anymore, um, and it was returned back. And when I checked the Google News tab at the time, for many, many weeks, if you search for Tomb Raider, all first three pages were all about that cancelled game and that core design. You know, the original developer were like. It was so like heartwarming for me as a fan because this mm. game, this is the game that you know kind of made me in the sense I learned English because of it. I actually live in UK because of it. Uh, I mean, at some point in my life, uh, I used it as just my sole escapism from reality. I grew up in a country where it's legal to be gay, that kind of stuff. So I played Sims a lot and Tomb Raider a lot because there was massive levels, so you just get lost yourself and stuff. And I met a friend online because it's Tomb Raider. I had dial-up internet, by the way, don't laugh. <laughs> and uh, we met online on some forums and she actually spammed me to join hers. 
And on my 15th birthday or 16th birthday, she actually talked me out of suicide attempt because I was I was in such dark place. Mm. So if it wasn't for Tomb Raider, I actually wouldn't be alive, most likely. So, uh, and for me to see that, that, you know, the original developers who kind of, you know, shaped me in this way and the back and who, who were so mistreated by bad publicity for the angel of darkness. It was just so, I was so emotional then, you know, it was so great. And fans are still developing that unfinished build. There's lots of stuff. They made it playable within like 24 hours, which was incredible. Uh, but it's full of bugs, obviously. It's unfinished build. But there's slow development with it. And Shelly, who is voice Lara in the first game, I said, look, will you voice it if we will write you some lines? There's no lines in this. Like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So we will, might have, uh, yeah, we might, uh, yeah, so we might have That's at awesome. some point many, many years. We might have a finished game, hopefully. Hell yes. <laughs> uh, now, I will cut you off for a second because we're definitely stepping on a potential. I'm so sorry. Yeah, later. I just went in there. Um, I do have a DG like nice. you. So. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. But uh, we're going to move on to a section we like to call Bite Size News, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's where we go everything over everything gaming in the news lately. Um, we're literally just going to cover headlines today um just some really really cool stories that are happening and maybe just like a some a little bit of commentary on it um so ashley birch has confirmed she's come out as queer which is amazing it's it's awesome she's uh she came out on twitter as pansexual absolutely fantastic uh funnily enough robin we we did, did we end up nominating her as uh as one of the 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 gaming icons or was she not included in the nominations for that uh, we had a discussion about it, didn't we? Because we were questioning at the it. time behind the scenes. <clears throat> I we had a I remember we had a conversation which was like, it's like Ashley Birch gives off so she plays so many queer characters and like gives off a lot of queer energy. She's very, very like helpful and like a, a wonderful ally to the community. Um, not that, you know, somebody has to be queer for that to happen, but like that's why I wanted potentially to have her included because she's just a good ally. Um, but this is just like the best news, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's just for me, it's just something that, I mean, from, from the get-go, knowing who Ashley is, knowing, as you say, mm. the amount of queer female, strong as well, queer female characters that she's played um, over the years. Um, I badly, I suppose, assumed, I'd, I'd always kind of assumed that Ashley was part of our community. And I think mm. it, it, it was that kind of some of those discussions when we were kind of interviewing her on gaming uh, a couple of years ago um, and more recently as well. Like we, we've done a lot of work with Ashley and, and having always kind of celebrated the fact that she's contributed so much to our world, so much to our games uh, by bringing voice to these amazing sort of queer women. Um, mm. To finally kind of come out and, and join and, and be and, and not admit be be part of our community, I think is kind of like the crowning glory in some ways, and it kind of feels right. Like it kind of had yeah. to be. It kind of had to be anyway. So I think that's yeah. I mean, welcome to the family. Um, exactly. But I think, frankly, there was always a seat for you here anyway. Exactly, Mundo. And like she said, that the only reason that she was going to do it is because it, it like felt like it was needed right now with mm, everything that's yeah. going on. So yeah. honestly, that's going to be heartening for a lot of people. So, Absolutely. Uh, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, definitely. Um, other one from me. Um, so I don't know if people saw from the comic world, um, there's now an official uh, gay Spider-Man on the way out. Uh, it's ruffled a few feathers because their background... Um, they are a fashion designer and they are they present as a femme 
superhero. Um, there's pictures of them on Twitter. There's pictures of them on gaming. Go and check it out. Um, the outfit, I think, is stunning. I love the neck ruffle. Um, but unfortunately, it has provided just a little bit of angst in the community because they've kind of gone with a, oh, you had to fall into the, the trope. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, so Web Weaver there um, with some very good sleeves. Um, and the, uh, the the little ruffle around the neck and stuff is is just amazing. Um, yeah. But it, it kind of, I think it's rubbed a couple of people up the wrong way in the sense that people have just assumed that because they're gay, they have to be femme, they have to be a bit drag. Yeah, I think that's the core of the issue at the moment is that like a lot of the representation for gay people in the Marvel Universe has been very like femme presenting and, and yeah, kind of goes back to those stereotypes yeah. like... Is, is everything just like an episode of Will and Grace? Is it just like the Jack stereotype from, from Will and Grace every single time a character's included? I mean, I'm waiting for my like big bear gay character, you know, in, <laughs> in the Marvel universe. I was just about to say that, you know. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah. This is, it's not even in Marvel universe, like anywhere, even in games, yeah. like unless it's like an indie developer or something. It's, mm. yeah. like, you look at Mortal Kombat, oh yeah, they have a gay character. Yeah, it's another jock, you know, like, Where's the bears? I like bears. You know, I don't want that. I don't want that. That's not mm-hmm. my thing. Why? 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 Why not? Like you know, it's yeah. yeah. I agree. That's I, that, I'm one of those people who uh, got ruffled with uh, fe- feathers, feathers, um, <laughs> by the by the Spider-Man thing. Yeah, it's just it's mm-hmm. quite disappointing. I mean, it's always great to see representation, but it's got to be something different that actually reflects real people. You know, it can't be the same thing every single time. But yeah. Uh, it is yeah. what it is. Hopefully, yeah. the feedback that they're getting means that they'll well make changes I, I, in the future. To, just to kind of round it off, I think that that it's as always. I think a lot of judgments being passed on on one image, and they haven't. They don't mm. believe they've actually made their debut yet. So I think it's we can only it's go. It's not off until of what, uh, October or September. There believe, you go. So. Yeah. So so it, we can only go off of those basic mm. sketches, and I think at the moment it's kind of like you've you've kind of punched in with a really potentially kind of. Um, Oh, it's another it's another stereotype kind of news, but let's see how that kind of progresses. Let's yeah. see how the character kind of rounds off. I won't get into a big conversation about it, but the other thing that kind of annoys me is like it's part of the Spider-Verse storyline. So mm. it's very possible that they just bring this character in for a couple yeah. of like um issues and then you never see them again. Yes. You know, it's kind of like a throwaway thing and they announce yeah. it during Pride Month just to make a big deal out of it yeah. and get like, you know, uh clicks. And uh, it might not even be a character that's long-lasting, so we'll see how it goes. I'm not getting my hopes up because it's Marvel, and you know, <laughs> Marvel doesn't have <laughs> the best track <laughs> record. Particularly Marvel comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. So here's another one, like one more headline: the season of Pride 2022 celebration. It kicks off. Uh, was already kicked off. It kicked off on yep. July 1st. Um, basically, it's happened for the last four years now. I've been very, very happy to have been involved every single year. Uh, it's basically Midboss running their annual season of Pride. Uh, they essentially bring together uh, a bunch of uh, queer content creators in order to play video games either made by queer developers or uh, have queer representation within them and we all get together and we raise money for charity Uh, i actually did my one yesterday we played citizen sleeper and it was a lot of fun it was like a ttrpg game and it had a lot of uh inclusion in there there are there are non-binary characters there uh your character yourself you you even question your own character's gender because your character doesn't really have a gender you are more so 
um, you're you're called a sleeper, which is why it's called a citizen sleeper, like a robot where your brain has been copied from your original person because you sold your body to a corporation, and then they put that brain scan inside of this machine, and you've escaped from the corporation. Now you're on the space station trying to live your life with other people, and uh, yeah, so it doesn't even like you as a player character. You don't have any particular gender because you're a robot, so you can like imprint yourself on there, no problem. It's got a lot of inclusion in terms of the characters, and it's really cool that that mid boss just basically does this every year. They arrange this event where. It's for charity, and you get to see so many games that you wouldn't normally see. Mm. As well, you have tie-in sales across a multitude of websites. There's a Steam sale, Season of Pride sale. There's there's stuff on uh, GOG. I'm not sure if who else got involved. And even on Nintendo, on their eShop, uh, also did stuff for it too. Which is that's Nintendo. Nintendo never that's gets involved say, yeah. in LGBTQI plus yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's very very cool. So you get streamers like Jeff Brutlag, Deer, Urban Bohemian, all the good names. Some of our uh, obviously gaming ambassadors as well involved in that. But across across the month, you're going to see a lot of amazing queer streamers play a bunch of amazing queer games. So yeah, it's it's really cool. It's really cool. Love that. Love Midboss. Uh, big mm-hmm. shout out to Cade and all the people yes, there. Cade is fantastic. And they they might give me a voice role in their next game. Maybe. Oh, you, yeah. you maybe. I mean, they didn't they didn't promise or anything, but you know. <laughs> it might be too late at this point, honestly, because I think uh read only memories, the next one that's coming out is um is is fast approaching. I think they're almost uh, finished on it. So Kitsune Tales and stuff coming out later in the year as well, isn't it? All right, I'm gonna message Cade real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um Moving on. Um, so that was Season of Pride. We're obviously in the middle of our Digi Pride. Uh, so coming up this week on Digi Pride, we've got some fantastic things to look forward to. Uh, on Tuesday, we have another Digi Pride panel right here on Twitch. Uh, it's about queer games makers. We have uh, six amazing indie games makers, all LGBTQ, uh, joining me for a chat about the challenges and the fun of making queer indie games. Uh, so you can tune to that. It's the usual time, 9 p.m. UK, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Wednesday, uh, you're back, Mia, with Let's Go Gaming for DigiBride. Um, is that true? Nod, smile. Yes. Yes. There we go. Cool. Um, and sorry, um... I wasn't listening. I tuned out for a second. There. <laughs> what was the question? I was going to say, don't do that to me. I, I was saying you're back this Wednesday with Let's Go yes, Gaming. No, Digi- yes, no, we're totally we're back. We we're back this Wednesday Hurrah. with Let's Go Gaming. Yes. Sorry, I was looking at the the interview section because we're going to change a few things now. Um, yeah. Speaking, um, uh, is that everything? Or no, if you want to keep talking about that, but I've got two more things to talk about first. Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead uh, well, no, Let's Go Gaming is going to be fun. It's going to be this yes. Wednesday. Um, yes. I don't know what we're playing yet, but. But I'm going to have a Lumetric back on and some guests that they bring along with them. It's going to be so awesome. Uh, Saturday, it's the CMSA DigiPride Fortnite tournament. Um, the CMSA Chicago Metropolitan Sports Association are doing some fantastic bi weekly, fortnightly uh, esports stuff with us for DigiPride. This coming Saturday is Fortnite. Um, head over to DigiPride um, site to find the form to register. Um, that is gamingmag.com forward slash digipride. Uh, and lastly, we recently launched, as of a couple of days ago, our Wizards of the Coast competition. You can go and win a starter set for D&D. You can win a starter set for uh, Magic the Gathering, some other stuff from Magic the Gathering, and some fabulous D&D Pride t-shirts that will never set foot in this country. Uh, so you can go and enter that. Uh, we have our ongoing Arcade Spirits competition. You can go and win copies of the game and a Nintendo OLED Switch. And we've got some Xbox uh, competition launching this week, hopefully, and a 2K competition launching this week with some very special prizes to be given away. So all of that, yes. gamemag.com forward slash digipride. 
we'll have an amazing week and remaining month and a half. Hmm. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, just as a reminder, if you are here watching live, make sure you hit that follow button. We're always trying to get our, uh, our you know, more peeps on board in the, into the gaming family, as it were. Uh, and if not, head on over to twitch.tv forward slash gaming mag, where we are streaming live right now. And probably like stream, we've been streaming all of this stuff for DigiPride at twitch.tv forward slash gaming mag. So come here, hit the follow button. But we're going to move on to uh, you, Ash. It is time for your spotlight. Now we've gotten to know you a little bit, but we're going to get to know you a little bit more. Now, some okay. of the, these questions are pre-picked, so it may go over some stuff that you've already talked about but we'll okay. we'll we'll roll expand. with it we'll roll with it yes you, <laughs> you can, can expand you can expand on... and just exactly. just to sort of set just to set the stall out we're expecting about half an hour for this segment so i love some <laughs> some wonderful deep conversation but let's let's keep it moving okay. and let's get let's get through our questions and you clearly right. don't right. have identity robin <laughs> you don't know how it works <laughs> right I'll just so you um, go. first off that I, I just wanted to mention that set. That set. Oh my God. That's incredibly impressive. For those of you who are audio listeners and you can't see the set, there is RGB everywhere. It looks like a, <laughs> an, it's, it looks like a gamer moved into a Pharaoh's temple. That's, that's exactly no, what it looks like right now. With a, with a with a lot of um, with a lot of Tomb Raider everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But like, how, how long did that take to put together? Oh, it's all like been kind of slow process. Like as like soon as piecemealed over time. Yeah, yeah. kind of. First thing I got was like the wallpapers, which look like Egyptian tomb kind of thing. You can't really see mm-hmm. them on the back, but you see the accent for here. Then yeah. kind of escalated. <laughs> uh, like Peter, the composer for Tomb Raider four or five and six, got me this Lara statue for his birthday. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's like, what? Yeah, he, okay. Yeah, I know. You know what? He, 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 that's he awesome. it's that, like but... somewhere and he drew it and it's, he got such weird looks from people in McDonald's because it looks like a dead woman in his back. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so it's kind of grew eventually kind of stuff. You don't see my PC here, which looks like an obelisk as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's a lot of going on here. Um, yeah, it, and it was a while. <laughs> took me a while. Um, we've obviously, we've talked about this next one, Sam, but we're going to kind of praise maybe some of the stuff we talked about, but obviously you're a Tomb Raider super fan. Um, we can see from the decoration, we can see from the conversation that you had earlier. Um, and we've, we've spoken at length already about how special the series is for you and also how kind of it's in, in, in your own words, like saved your life. Um, yeah. I, I just think that's amazing. Um, so I think we can, we've established the, uh, the Tomb Raider super fan dumb, and, and super fanness, and uh, I'm I think actually it's... called that way by Retro Gaming Magazine and some other magazine I can't remember. So I'm officially a super fan. That did ruffle a few feathers. Uh, it was my choice of words, but people got <laughs> annoyed that you know why is he being singled out and stuff. I, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, if they the literally yeah. <laughs> looked at your the room that you're sitting in, yeah. that there's no question. There's no question. I mean, I have a cavalcade of, of BS behind me. That's from all over the place. All I can see is Tomb Raider there. And honestly, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 so great that uh, that you're that involved in the series to that level. It's really, really cool. Now, I'm going to make an admission. Uh, I, I'm not a massive Tomb Raider fan myself. Not because I don't like them or anything. I just haven't played many of the games. Um, and I was really surprised in my research to find out that Lara is 
basically a queer icon. Uh, yeah. What is it about Lara and the Tomb Raider series that affects that you think attracts the love of like queer people? What, what is well, it so you know special what's about hilarious? It? The current developers tend to brand her as the original Lara, the one we love, uh, as you know, the sexist kind of sex doll with big boobs, that kind of stuff, you know. But then you look at the fandom, which is like majority gay. It's like, yeah, right, gay people like triangle boobs. Yes, that's a thing. Uh, but then you also look at the actual developers uh, for the nineties, particularly. Um, again, the current devs tend to market that, you know, the new trilogy was written by a woman for the first time, which is a lie. The first Tomb Raider games, the first three Tomb Raider games were written by a woman called Vicky Arnold. Uh, so, mm. you know, she, her biography, the whole plot, it's all Vicky Arnold. Um, so she was created by a woman in, in that sense. Uh, yes, the guy called Toby God created the concept of general look and feel, but she was shaped in the character by a woman um, called Vicky Arnold. Then you have a programmer for it called Richard Flower, who is openly gay and married to a man. And actually in Tomb the four executable files, as you open it in um, Notepad, you can see a message to his husband in there. It's very cute. Uh, and uh, one of the key testers, uh, at the time, it was a man, uh, but then he, he he's a woman now. So, you know, he transitions. So it's it has a, such an incredible diversity for for the nineties we're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, That's amazing. in England, mm -hmm. in Derby of all sluts, you know, <laughs> you, you you get all this, you know, and then you analyze that. It's it's just incredible. Uh, so for for the queer icon, I think I think it's just the it's not it's not even about the whole. Well, you know, we do like our powerful women, don't we? But it's also the mm -hmm. fact that it's a powerful character who kind of. Um, doesn't really care. She kind of goes and do, does her things. She 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 does it her own way. Yeah, she mm -hmm. kills off like endangered animals and kind of stuff. But you know, um, but you know, she she has the 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 whole thing. You know about Lara in the first three Tomb Raider games. You didn't really know much about her unless you read the booklet, which has her biography and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but like, like the instruction in, booklet back when you used to get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I missed those in the game. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I didn't have it at the time because I had them pirated. Into, in my country, we didn't have licensed games. So you could actually, if you don't read that, you could make her kind of in your own mm -hmm. head, like what kind of character it is. You could get to see her house, that kind of stuff. Uh, you could shape that character. Then you read the booklet. Yeah, she's like this strong woman who is like, who grew up in this aristocratic family and then thought, you know what, I went on this travel with this guy and I actually enjoyed traveling. So no, I'm not going to marry some, you know, fiance that my family chose to me because, you know, we're aristocrats and royal kind of bloodline. So she was disowned by her family and she kind of does her own thing. I think that is a big inspiration as well for gay people, particularly in the nineties where mm. families probably not, wouldn't be so accepting to what you choose to be. Uh, and she chose to be this archeologist woman, you know, the tomb raider. And she kind of said, yeah, well, screw you then. I don't care. Uh, and kind of went to do her own thing because she doesn't really care as much. So I think all that combined, and she was shaped by this Vicardel who clearly knew what she was doing. Um, I really hope she actually gets to see what the, the character that she created back in the day still loved. She, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't find her anywhere. I'm friends with lots of developers mm. for the original set. No one knows where she is. She just disappeared, vanished. Um, but yeah, I don't think she realized how much of a power mm. 
she has created. It's amazing, isn't it? Because the original character, as, as you rightly said, it it regularly gets picked up as being kind of like, oh, it's this big-breasted woman that's obviously been designed for the straight guys kind of thing. And I think that when they kind of redeveloped it with Crystal Dynamics for the, the new gritty Alara, they did make everything a bit more in proportion, let's say. But that kind of loses the plot a little bit because if it's, it was, as you say, it was designed by designed by queer people, written by queer people. And I think if, for me, it was as, as a sort of moderately good fan of, of Tomb Raider, um, it, it always, for me, it, it always read in my head as I was growing up as, as drag. Um, I, I felt very much like a sort of like she was a, a drag queen in some ways because of that heightened appearance and shapes and sizes and whatever else. And I just sort of thought, my, my worry is I think that how that kind of maybe got washed out in the more recent times. It's very mm. sad because the the first they had the trilogy called um, which had Tomb Raider Legend Anniversary and Underworld, which had uh, the Underworld was the last of that trilogy, and I actually enjoyed that game very much. I think this is a, the only time Crystal actually Crystal Dynamics actually managed mm. to make a Tomb Raider game, for, in my sense. Anyway, there was some mummy daddy story in there involved, but it wasn't that bad. There was a closure. The mother is dead. That's it. I was looking forward to the next game. Oh my god, she actually gonna adventure for her own enjoyment but then they rebooted it with this thing and the first game i was like okay fine maybe she's just becoming the tomb raider and then you had rise of the tomb raider she was rising in the first one you know then they had the shadow of the tomb raider so she's still becoming one jesus christ you know and in all these three games and even if you count the previous trilogy as well She's the shadow of her father. She's just following the steps of her mm. dad. Um, dad was right, you know, that kind of, you know. It's, pardon my French, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not what she is. Like, she was this huge feminist icon. And then mm. even Rihanna Pratchett, who wrote the trilogy, she was, she actually says that she was forced to make it about the dad because, you know, now that's my words here because you know she's the daughter of Terry Pratchett and they wanted to market it like you know that kind of way and it's so like it's quite you know even you look at the Tomb Raider 25th celebrations these days they done pretty much call yes they had like some release they released some unseen content which was fantastic but there was nothing else, mm. really. They did the cookbook, and it's like, oh, yeah, put her into the <laughs> kitchen. That's not sexy at all, you know. That was like, that. that's such a slap, you know. And then fans that's make ridiculous. things, like, you know. Yeah, like fans, that event in Derby, that's mm. my fans. Mm. A fan organized it. For mm-hmm. the 20th anniversary, they also done all. They got, had cosplay gathering while I organized the Play Expo thing. That same fan organized the Derby thing. And, it, you know, we've done all these cool, cool events and it's just so unasked. And it's so, so, you know, they have all these millions of money to, to pass away, you know, and they just don't mm. care. And it's very disheartening, really. Well, um, like, quick question. Like, this was not actually a planned interview question, but um, how do you feel about the idea that I, I know it was under Square Enix in terms of like the publishers, but now that's moving away. Do you feel like that's good for the series? Um, no, because people don't understand that actually Square Enix doesn't really do much in that sense. They're the publisher. Mm. If you ever worked mm. in a large company, say, let's compare it to NHS, okay? So, um, uh, your local NHS branch has a broken phone. Uh, 
Do you go to the Minister of Health to sort out that broken phone? No, you call to the you complain to the branch and they sort it out. So mm-hmm. same with this company, Crystal Dynamics. They are in charge of Tomato. They own the IP, so they are the ones doing it. The only thing that IDAS does, well, Screenix did, was basically bailing them out financially because, you know, they. Yeah. Uh, you look at the recent accusation, you see the, the uh, acquisition by the uh, Embracer. You look at how they were actually breaking even for all these 10 years. They've done, they've done no money, basically. Uh, that Avengers flopped as anything. So, no, I don't think it will, unless Embracer will be like, okay, you know what? going to be in control here now. You clearly don't know what you're doing, then yes. Otherwise, I'm very skeptical. I actually yeah. wrote a vi- uh, recorded a video about it. I didn't publish it yet because I think it will be quite offensive to some people. So, <laughs> but yeah, not, 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 yeah. not too keen. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's like, I would hope that maybe like the new, the new publishers would put their foot down in some situations, but like hope, historically yeah. that doesn't necessarily happen. It's probably just going to be by the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there anything redeemable about the newer games? Like I've only, okay. So I've played one Tomb Raider game and it was the reboot. That's, that's all I've played. Oh, that's all I've played. Get out. I know it's, it's awful. It's <laughs> awful. Um, so yeah. So for, mm, for what I did enjoy I the very last one. The, the Shadow Tomb Raider was more or less okay, but that was made by a different studio. That's why it was okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it wasn't, it, it had some like the, the last bit of it kind of dragged on everyone hates piety kind of thing. But the, the DLCs for like the manor, again, developed by Nixies, but they were again in such a moderate, moderator kind of level of my crystal. They were like forced to do it the same way. That was right kind of bullshit stuff. It, it's so boring, but you know, you get, to see some Easter eggs because Nixies know what they're doing. There's like plush T-Rex, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's all mm-hmm. nice. But the only redeemable thing I think from the from the Shadow Tomb Raider is just the fact that you get to explore different that is gritty industrial snowy environments, this grit and metal kind of stuff. Like, you know, when when they invited us to some of us to um E3 for the Rise of the Tomb Raider presentation. And we played Syria, like just the opening level. I was like, finally, mm. you know, all these golden, shiny stuff, you know, all pretty. And then it was just only 10 minutes. Then you go to Siberia and explore gulags and all that stuff. Again, metal. You know, it was just so disappointing. Mm. And that's why the Sh- Shadows Tomb Raider, I really enjoyed that. You know, you get to Mexico. It's it's what It almost was like Tomb Raider 4, Last Revelation. She's caused the... Uh, apocalypse and she's trying to fix it but they made her quite emotional there again like you know i mean in Tomb Raider 4 she was a bit emotional she was like you know i kind of fucked up so i'm gonna fix this uh in that sense mm-hmm. but it was she was still this cool sassy you know strong woman kind of way um yeah and i think locations were great in shadow tomb raider otherwise lara no i mean i i learned english because of tomb raider i can't play Modern game, modern Tomb Raider games in English because the actress just has this Americanized accent. She lives in America for twenty years, so it affects it. So I can't play that. I had to play it in Russian. So yeah, it's, it's just that's, it's, that's, that's just saying, that's isn't crazy. it? <laughs> Honestly, like I had some w- weirdness with even the new games in terms of like the narrative 
that they decide to go to, there's like a disconnect there too, where she like, they make a big deal about her murdering a guy for the first time, like killing a guy. And then yeah. like five minutes later, you're just like mowing yeah. down everyone, right? You're, you're it's, uh, like it's in a this bit... bloodbath basically in there. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, um, so yeah. for someone like me who, who has only played the reboot once, uh, well, at least the first reboot, because I didn't really... I, no, I played them all. Much. I played them all. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I, I, I only played I, the first one. I was one. optimistic at the time, so I was like, you know, I'll play them all. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> for for someone like me, what should I be playing? Like, where should I jump into the series? Like the original I game think, or? Um, it depends. Do you like kind of Minecraft? Is, uh, you tend to play indie games. So I'd, I'd say start with the very first one, but I do explore the fan patches because fans created some incredible things like HD textures, all that kind of stuff. You know, you can play it in like literally 4K and it looks okay. I mean, if you played like Minecraft and stuff, you see the graphics are quite bad in there, but it's still a great game. So you have Tomb Raider 3, which had like recently um, HD patch made by fan. It's still in progress, but you know, the India looks incredible. Uh, so yeah, if you apply all the patches, otherwise you can't play them anyway because they're broken. And that's the for 25 or two, uh, 25 is two didn't even bother releasing a patch to make them playable, you know, on Steam. Um, yeah, so if you apply all the fan patches, start with the very first one, then you can play the okay. the Legends Anniversary and Underworld and see how that went. Uh, not too bad, but, you know, still not as great for me, in my opinion. But then there's a reboot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> cool, cool. I'll have to uh, jump in there then. You've um we spoke a lot obviously earlier about sort of all the different contacts you've had and all the different people that you've worked with and the VAs and the VOs and you mentioned Peter Connolly obviously from the, the symphony side of things. How did you build that network? How oh, how did you kind of like piece 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 all these things together? Uh, it was actually hilarious. I thought, you know, I will start blogging because I was actually an international student in UK at the time. And for us, the foreigners who were not part of the EU, that was way before Brexit, we're talking 2011, um, we could not get full-time jobs, uh, even the break period. And then in the break period, you have to fly back to your country to apply for visa. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, so you could work full-time, but you can't. So I was limited to 20 hours a week and the only job I could get probably is McDonald's or something like that. You know, I thought, no, I can't really do that because I want to do something else. And I started blogging. I started Tumba Fash, my blog. And I was like, well, what do I do on there? Yeah, I could put my renders I've done as a fan back in the day, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I approached, um, I think it was Andy Sandhammer who was a level designer. Um, and I said, look, on Facebook, I was like, hi, can I you know, do the entry for you for the Larkov in Russia because I was actually good friends with them. And um, so done an entry, they published, translated to Russian. Uh, they're cool guys, by the way, they don't support Putin. Mm. Uh, and then I was like, you know what, I actually want to post this. Was, this is when I thought, you know, I will create a blog as well. Um, and it kind of escalated from there. I, he introduced me to Heather Gibson, who made, again, level designer for the first uh, two Tomb Raider games, was a woman. You know, she'd done the iconic manor, Heather Gibson. Uh, so um, she'd done the manor and lots of other bits in the game. And with her, you know, she did, there were some mysteries, like what was the inspiration for the manor and stuff like that. And I started like, you know, 
stalking people, I suppose you can say this, you know, <laughs> on Facebook. Hi, I run this website. Could I speak to you, please? Uh, on LinkedIn as well, because someone that wouldn't be on Facebook. You were, you were networking, you were making yeah, connections. Basically, yeah, basically, like on LinkedIn, that's what LinkedIn is for. And then when I made friends with Peter Connolly, who basically introduced me to the rest of the gang, and then it was 20 years of Tomb Raider, and I, was, I went to Play Expo, uh, a year before and I was like oh that's really cool it's very retro I love it it's massive event here in Manchester so I sent them a message on my um uh, I think it was, I was doing my mail I was like on this um Christmas holiday period and I was like hi I know all these people why don't we have a panel 20s of Tomb Raider you know Crystal will just talk and we do something no hello there was no response for three emails so then I sent the fourth one and then the response was for actually the director of this yeah, your emails were traveling to me like uh, across the chain. Yes, let's do that. What do you have in mind? So we gathered them. It was in complete secrecy. We didn't want Crystal Dynamics to get involved. So <laughs> and we had this massive celebration of, you know, of the retro games in that sense. And that was incredible. And they did not know that people still play the games. They were under pressure. They were going to be a small panel, somewhere in the corner with 20 people attending, but they weren't main stage at prime time on Saturday and it, there were no uh, seats basically it, it was just incredible they they don't realize what they have created basically mm. don't mm. think they do yeah that's amazing that's amazing um so you've you built up this this network you're in, incredibly involved in the community obviously um <laughs> so to switch to, to, to switch uh to switch topics a little bit uh, you have your YouTube channel. You cover a lot of Tomb Raider stuff on there. But uh, you also dive into a multitude of topics. I know most recently you covered Pride as well as like corporate rainbow washing. Um, in what ways do you think corporations can be doing more during Pride Month and throughout the well, year? I, I'm very sorry. I forgot the name of your first guest. Um, oh, Elsa. What, that was Elsa. Elsa, yes. Elsa. Elsa. Uh, so she... What, what 2K done? Because I, I don't follow them too much, but I really want to play Quarry, so I will be. And mm. now I definitely will be after what she said they're doing. That was incredible, what I heard. I actually didn't think that this actually could happen because mm. like, I look at Twitch and I know we're streaming on it right now. I, I was very disappointed for the past two years because that's when I actually started streaming like a year and a half ago. So this is when I started following. And I was like, yeah, that's not... That's, not great you know so what they could do more is um they they should do these like like in my video i actually you know engage with their fans in that sense you know why don't you have one event a year for sake that's not going to cost you much it probably costs more to do that rainbow logo you know designers and mm. such uh just get your lgbt fans together yeah you probably can't get them all you know but have some event local event to your studio you know if you're based like say um if you are team 17 do it in manchester i'm, I'm sure they do that by the way team 17 is great i'm not putting on them or anything i know they, they will do something um there but say you know because they're based in manchester i'm just putting them as an example we'll have a gathering you know where they play board games or even their game worms you know that kind of stuff with, with their fans or have a tour of the studio just to show you actually care in that sense they don't seem to do that they just say oh yes we have our ceo whatever is bisexual you know and they just spotlight of that and they just talk about how 
diversity is important, but it's all that this white men talking about diversity. I don't care about that. Your, your salary is probably 2,100, whatever, you know, 200,000 pounds a year. And I really don't feel like I can relate to you. Gay people tend to earn less and, you know, they mm. tend to be less active. Mia, hello. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. I tend to get involved and, and drink more. And uh, be, that's not just me saying, actually. It's, again, in that video, I actually put references. To that. I've done some research on this. And, you know, and you just don't show the appreciation that we used your games as escapism, like I did. Like, you know, to get away. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's really, really sad. Uh, but 2K... You know, I have no complaints. They're actually very impressed. I'm actually very happy with what they do. Hmm. It's nice to know that sometimes these things go on and I feel like that does set a standard. Uh, like some of the companies that we've actually talked to who have actually sponsored DigiPride have, have, have literally been telling us about the things that they've been doing. And I think if they just cross-reference all the stuff that they've been doing together, it would be yeah. absolutely fantastic, honestly. Absolutely. honestly. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of why we do what we do here. Um, at gaming sort of 365 days a year um, but specifically for three months every year with DigiPride um, it's it's a way of kind of bringing together these companies that want to do more than just slap a rainbow logo on or as you say profile a profile their CEO and how he once went to a gay bar or something and it's kind of that yeah. it's for us it's kind of like being able to kind of really work with those studios work with those companies Xbox 2k etc um much love to obviously just, all just our show sponsors. us you care really just like, that's it exactly and no, I, no I think one cares about like you're absolutely right and i think whether it's whether it's physically going to the studio or physically engaging with the fans or, or doing it sort of digitally via via gaming magazine and 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 with the likes of devolver and um, wizards of the coast and arcade spirits and and all those sort of wonderful people that have supported us this year and sega in previous years there's the love out there is doing more than just as you say uh, and, and and extending it beyond June. Yeah. That's always the big I mean, thing, the, the, all these companies will have a community manager. I can guarantee you the community manager will have a list of LGBT streamers yeah. or whatever that they engage with or like uh, active members of the community who organize events or stuff like that. Why don't you go to them and say, look, I can, we can book you a venue and stuff like, you can do it to me, you know. I'm, I'm not going to charge you anything. Just give me a budget and I will make it happen. <laughs> where you want it to happen, you know. Uh, I'd done it before, as I, and Play Expo was, I organized Play Expo from my balcony in Green Quarter on the eighth floor. I was ch chilling in a hammock and, mm. and you know, <laughs> in springtime, and I was just emailing people saying, hi, do you want to come to our event? You know, stuff like that. So it doesn't take much. And I had no budget for that. And all these companies, they have these millions literally sat there. They do, yeah. Just, it's a free promo. Come on. <laughs> that is one thing I actually noticed as well, because I contacted a, a fair few people like community managers and stuff um, just before Pride. Because it occurred to me that I was I was constantly sick of seeing so many companies that are reaching out, constantly saying the same things like, we'd love you to stream like one of our titles and raise money for charity. You know, like it just just it, just to have a queer labor raising money for queer sources by taking queer yeah. uh, money yeah. from queer people to give back to queer charities. And it's Basically. like, that doesn't actually help as much as you think it does. And one of the things I wanted to get across to them was like, you should be paying queer creators to do stuff for you. 
I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be charity stuff, but if it's Pride Month and you really want to go back to bat for the community, actually like give people opportunities in the queer community, pay them, you know, maybe get some kind of cool artwork or something commissioned around your your games or something, you know, but, but like make sure it's a queer creator doing it. So you're actually putting money back into the queer community because it's something that we really need like you said we don't earn as much as everybody else we need yeah. that support so but yeah there was a twitch in particular twitch lgbt twitch streamers i find it very difficult to grow my channel doesn't matter what kind of background mm. you know at first i thought you know maybe i'm just a bit of an asshole on my stream and i'm not funny <laughs> you know what i'm not i know i'm not i actually watched some it's... of my streams back i was like i actually enjoy it it's just the fact that you are LGBT, some people just don't want to watch you. Well, it's, or, it's that plus discovery on Twitch rates, is yeah. awful. It's yeah, the hate rates yeah. and the fact that like they don't yeah. have any real form of discovery on the platform. So yeah. those people who are going to rise to the top are going to be the people with the broad appeal. Uh, the the broad appeal because like the most people watching Twitch are going to be you know gamers and guys and of a, and cis and of a certain like demographic. So it's really the earnest is on Twitch to actually fix their discoverability problem and put queer people in the spotlight and more fix often. Fix the hate trades, you know. That's such yeah. Definitely be happening. Just put the AI bot analyzing everything what's happening. There should be a pattern clearly that you know some pe person just registered and there's like twenty of them going to. Come on, it's so easy. But you know, yeah, there will be some hiccups and stuff like that. But it's just. It's just scary, man. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you have the hate rates to consider. You have the multiplayer games that everyone plays, like Dead by Daylight. I am panicking to play that because if I'll play it with strangers and on voice chat, I will say something and they're like, oh, queer, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't want to yeah. hear that. I already have anxiety as it is. I grew up in a place where I could be killed, basically, for being gay. You know, all that, if you consider all that, that, stress of uh, hate rates, bad discovery, um, multiplayer games issues. Naturally, you don't grow your channel fast enough as anyone else would be. And for Twitch, actually, for the Pride Month, just selecting their ready partners that are already well-established to showcase them. Hey, we have these people. It's just such a cock slap. I'm sorry for the words, you know, like that. But it's just it just really is. You literally not caring at all you just should, what, again rainbow washing pretty much i know they sponsored awards in the past but i i, I think it's just the corporate level of rainbow washing in that sense I, i'm just really disappointed really there definitely needs to be more work at, at various levels within the corporation to be fair i found like a lot of companies well, that i reached out to would like we'd love to do something but like the community manager just don't have like a budget for it I think that's like the biggest thing that we need to like put across to them next year is like, you need a budget for this. Prepare it's your important. budgets and yeah, do some research as well. I think doing the research is important. I, I actually mean that in a constructive way, because I think some of the bits you both have been talking about there about kind of like the same faces, the similar people, it's the loudest people as well. And I think it's the people that you feature on one stream. You've probably featured on a lot of streams and it's, that's an element of, I'm not. I don't want to use the word laziness because it, it, it. I was just it, about to say. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it's like it possibly reflects slightly unfairly on those people in those roles that have 101 other things they get dumped to do as well. But if if with short notice the community manager has been told like we want to do an LGBT thing, 
can you just pull in a few pride stream a few queer streamers and we'll do this thing for pride with limited budget with limited time they're just going to turn on twitch and you can pick off the top five and off you go sort of thing it's it's like that for a lot of companies though like a lot of companies only have like one or two people that they put on like working on pride month and they're expected to do everything with no budget it's ridiculous like, I, I think if you dig further down, and that's what I'm quite—that's what I'm really actually quite proud of from this year's awards by celebrating our rising stars, for example, um, and then building on top of that with our new gaming ambassadorships. Um, the group of people that we kind of curated, yes, it has some of the big names in it, but actually it has a lot of the kind of the micro names that are very up and coming and, and really starting to change things and are more diverse. And I think that for me is kind of like how we really kind of change this as well, is that we really kind of need to push forward this whole stop relying on the similar kind of handful of people, do some research, come to us, come to Game Magazine. We can we can advise on this thing, on, on mm. these sort of things. Uh, well, frankly, well it's every like... bloody June, you know, you can't plan in advance. It doesn't like <laughs> you know it just coming. happens. You know, you know it's coming. <laughs> You know, it shouldn't be just June. They should be doing no, exactly, it for, uh, throughout it. the year. That's oh, the yeah. thing. If they did it throughout the year, it wouldn't be an issue. But, you know, because mm-hmm. Pride Month is Pride Month. They're going to exactly. do it then. So, um, yeah. One last thing for me then, Ash. Um, so Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider related <laughs> or otherwise, uh, what projects have you got coming up? We obviously spoke about obviously all, all the Derby stuff. So is there anything yeah. else alongside all of that? Um don't think so. Well, actually, you know, that's a good question. Um, I definitely want to go back anything you'd to like Twitch. to work on? Yeah, mm. I definitely want to go back into Twitch streaming because I actually stopped during the, in February when the invasion to Ukraine happened and our artist for the Dark Angel Symphony is in Ukraine whilst our graphic yeah. designer is in Russia. So one of them is mm. risking to be arrested for protesting and other one is being bombed pretty much. She lives that by that nuclear station that they occupied. Um, oh, God. Yeah, so she designed my tattoo scene, uh, uh, and you know, I I just was um, sorry, my Ellie's having a. I will show her, if, yeah, she's jealous when I talk on camera. Uh, I'll show you in a minute. So, uh, you know, because of in February, I kind of stopped streaming for quite a while, and uh, I was volunteering in like local cultural Ukrainian culture center where they needed people to just sort out all this humanitarian mm. aid in different boxes pulled my bag there <laughs> you know all that stuff i actually volunteer as an interpreter as well for ukrainian refugees in uk so it kind of, and also equally i was diagnosed with adhd at that period and this is when i started taking pills to treat that and then i realized i my god I, my house is falling apart i need to do all these diy things and all that so kind of twitch went onto the back end yeah. of things to do and i kind of want to go back into it um very soon because I did create, uh, as you said, the room is quite interactive. Like when you follow, everything kind of flashes, you know, it, it's all interactive. People can change lights. It's, I, I like the interactivity of things. And equally for me, the person with massive anxiety and panic attack problem during pandemic, this was incredible because I could actually speak to people in the way they mm. chat, I suppose. But yeah, so Twitch is definitely I want to go back into at some point very soon. Um other than that, I don't think there is. Um, yeah, cycling, definitely want to go back into it. I, I was a bit lazy for the past couple of months. I built a new e-bike, which is incredible, but I haven't done much of cycling. It's just because, you know, you finish, jo- finish your work at 5 p.m. even though you work from home. Um, you kind of, oh, I wanted to do all these things. And then you can realize, oh, shit, actually, it's 10. I don't really 
on a cycle mm. anymore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that kind of stuff. It's the middle of the night. You can't cycle now. <laughs> you could, exactly. but you know, it's probably not safe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not quite, not quite. Right, well, that it's been absolutely lovely to get to know you more, but we're going to do a little thing right now, which we always like to finish with, to get to know you even better. It's what we like to call quickfire questions. Uh, so this is going to be stream of consciousness. You just tell us whatever comes to mind, and uh, Robin's going to start us off. Uh, yes, I am. Um, so what's been your favorite game this year? Ooh, um... Difficult one. Uh, difficult one. I didn't play many of the new titles. I bought them, but I never played them. Uh, can I, Listen, can I whatever you did one? play. Uh, uh, be Uncharted 4. I, I want the Tomb Raider fans to just tell me completely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What it's was great. the one game that defined your childhood? I feel oh, like you're going to say Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah, Sims. I like Sims. <laughs> Sims. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. That's good. I can see it. I can see where the next one's going as well. Um, who's your favorite video game character? Well, I'm going to say Claire Redfield because I played Resident Evil way before I played Tomb Raider. So Claire Redfield. Okay. Very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is the game that you most want a sequel to? Uh, it will be any Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil um, after four, you know, the five kind of stuff, but not with the the one that made the Risen basically classic Risen 2 world game I want yeah. to play. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Remake or, um, or whatever. Who would be your... No, this person can be dead, alive, famous, not famous. Who would be your dream stream guest? Ooh, uh, I would love to have Miliovich in the stream just because Ooh. I know that she speaks Russian and it will be hilarious because sometimes she gets words wrong and I could also show off my Fifth element tattoo to her, which you know, nice. Um, nice. And 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 compete with her the pronunciation of the you know the fifth element character because uh, <laughs> I know how to pronounce it. I wonder if she still remembers. So you know, yeah, Miljovic. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm like I I don't think I would be able to stop myself from just going multi pass and just just just. That's a short name. Okay, what game are you most looking forward to coming out? Like in the next uh, year. Well, hopefully it will be the new Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines mm. 2. Oh, okay. uh, I did play the latest Vampire the Masquerade and um, I had to ask for refund. It's so derpy. The animation is just unsettling. It's, yeah. The, mm. the people say there was not enough budget, but it's exclusive to Epic Games. There is budget for that. I'm sorry. If you're freezing it as exclusive yeah. for Epic, you've got millions. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you were marooned on an island, it's a very high-tech island, uh, but you can't call for help. But if you were marooned on an island, what three games would you want to have with you? They can uh, have Darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, it will be Ark, because you can actually play single player on that. Um, and it would be Tomb Raider 4, The Last Relation. Yeah, all three. Okay. Which game has the best soundtrack? To Raid the Angel of Darkness, performed by the London Symphonic Orchestra. <laughs> I have the actual um, shit music in, in there. Uh, Peter, yeah. Peter gave it to me as a gift. It's incredible. Yeah, Raid the Angel of Darkness. If Tomb Raider didn't exist, what game would you be playing? Resident Evil. Uh, I still am playing that. Uh, so I don't, don't particularly like the newer ones as much, but I do like the remake ones they made. Are you looking forward to the remake of Resident Evil 4? Even though it wasn't necessary, but... Uh, I 
didn't uh, I didn't like Resident Evil mm. 4 that much, but I'll play it. I mean, yeah. I didn't like Resident Evil 3 either because I wasn't a big fan of Resident Evil 3. I played Resident Evil 2, the original, so many times. Even modern day, I could still I still replay it every yeah, now and then. It's very good. Um, it's very good. All right, last question, and feel free to take your time on this one. But where can people find your content and what have you got coming up on your channel? Um, well, they can follow me on Twitch. They can also find find all my content at I'm gonna put you the link in the private chat yep. uh, be, just because you do not like links uh there is also a uh hold on i need to get and uh, and i'm wearing contact lens which are falling out of my eye socket so it's not very easy to <laughs> i love type. it when that happens it's amazing yeah. when that happens like contact Honestly. lenses in general absolutely um, awful for for, yeah, for audio for audio only listeners um <laughs> i'm going to translate this one so it's a uh, tomb dash of dash ash.com t-o-m-b mm. of ash.com with dashes in the middle yes yeah yes. and there is this final link i'm gonna drop in i promise there you go um but tomb of ash will have all the stuff on it including the developer files from terrain games that are preserved uh, that's my thing that i do i preserve to make content um developers obviously send it to me anonymously. I put on the encryption system just so they could like transfer files securely. And um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite, you know, interesting to see what they send. Sometimes they send like uh, photos of like in British Museum where they took photos of like artifacts and then you see it as a texture in the game, that kind of stuff. So we have all that in there. There's literally terabytes of stuff. That's amazing. uh, Including uh, uncompressed like audio and music from it. So, Enjoy. <laughs> fantastic. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I, well, if, if you want to check that out, chat, uh, you can definitely go and uh, have a look at all of those links in chat. There is, there is a Linktree link as well, which is literally just Ash uh, Kaprielov. Did I get yeah, it right that time? <laughs> Damn, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Was that, you know, anyway, it's, it's, that's it's correct. Yeah, it's just right. You got it. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Linktr.ee forward slash A-S-H underscore K-A-P-R- I-E-L-O-V will get you yes, uh, all of that good info. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, Robin and Ash, thank you so much for joining me today. And a shout out to Elsa from 2K, who joined us earlier too. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. And a cute doggo! And a dog oh, the audio listeners hello. are missing out. They're missing yeah. out. Yes. <laughs> I hope it was fun for you. I hope you had a good time. Uh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> No problemo, no problemo. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody, uh, on this episode of the Gaming Podcast Live. We will be back in two weeks' time with another episode and some more wonderful, wonderful guests. Absolutely. And you can follow the Game Mag channel here on Twitch or subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss any of these amazing shows. And, of course, if you're listening to... Uh, if you, All our podcasts can be listened back uh anytime and you can find them on all major podcast platforms if you're listening there now uh come on over to twitch and watch us live so we're on twitch we're on podcasts live or audio we are here for you just head on over to twitch.tv slash gaming mag or find us on any major podcasting platform heck yes so we've got let's go gaming coming up on wednesday and don't forget there is the queer game makers panel coming up on tuesday so stick around for that i hope you'll be back then but in the meantime don't forget to keep 
reading gaming magazine, watching all the gaming shows, doing all the gaming stuff, and being, you know, the best that you can be. All right, we'll see you all soon. And uh, bye for now. Take care. Bye, bye. everybody. Bye. bye. bye.